sin often has a powerful way of manifesting itself in our lives externally. That is, we can see its effects in our lives and in the lives of others by outward signs or evidence of its presence. For example, as someone who has struggled his whole life with weight, I clearly have had problems in my past with gluttony, and thanks be to God, he has helped me to lose much of the weight and, of course, under address to the underlying sin. Sin is an odd thing that we rarely ever think about as we should as Catholics. So let's today consider the story about Cardinal Roche, our sacred tradition. And remember, sin manifests itself with external signs for all those with eyes to see, because I want you to consider the story I'm going to cover with this completely unrelated on the surface story. From Gloria TV, headline, St. Peter's Square, Decadence is Sprouting. St. Peter's Square looks abandoned to visitors, almost as if desolation has been enthroned. The story is short, though, so let's just go over it. Quote, Francis's Wednesday's audiences were brief, few greetings, very few people in the audience hall, specula reports. Many chairs were removed, and still, the hall wasn't full. Despite warm days in Rome, the audiences don't take place in St. Peter's Square, where the absence of people would be too evident. Consequence. The noble paving stones of St. Peter's Square are filling up with weeds. It's a living image of decadence. End quote. The living image of decadence. That's a great line from whoever penned that article. Now let's remember what decadence means. The Oxford English Dictionary defines decadence as, quote, the process of falling away or declining from a state of excellence, vitality, or prosper prosperity, decay, deterioration, end quote. That seems a pretty accurate way of describing several decades of church history where the focus has been on the material and not on salvation. Bear that in mind as we get into our story today. We're starting to see the reaction from the Vatican towards Traditionis Custodis not being received by the faithful and by many of the bishops. How the faithful have, instead of being scared away from the traditional liturgy, they have decided to pack the parishes of the FSSP, the SSPX, the Institute of Christ the King, and the rest. The enemies of the church within and without the church want you to stay away from traditional fraternities and the traditional liturgy and will use any means to do so, including just making things up. And that is evident because their narrative is now unraveling, leading to one of the most important prelates in the church in the present war on tradition, abandoning all precepts of kindness and telling us to despair instead. Headline from America Magazine. Archbishop Roche. Vatican II's reform of the Mass is irreversible. You know, I remember when people said the same thing about Samorum Pontificum, that no papal claimant would dare to undo the work of his predecessor. My, how times have changed. Reminder for those who might not be aware, America Magazine is a Jesuit outlet that is run by Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church, and he himself is a post as a communications consultant in the Vatican. Anything that America publishes can be understood safely to be the de facto opinion of Rome. From the article, quote, in his first public lecture as Prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, Archbishop Arthur Roche left no doubt as to the direction the congregation will take under his leadership. He did so by quoting Pope Francis's words, referring to the reform of the liturgy approved by the Second Vatican Council. Quote, we can affirm with certainty and with magisterial authority that the liturgical reform is irreversible. End quote. All right, first and foremost, the Novus Ordo is not what it looks like the documents of Vatican II authorized, although that's a point of debate. However, <laughs> earlier this week, I did a video on how Benedict was surprised that Traditionis Custodis happened, and how Bishop Athanasius from Kazakhstan was telling the faithful how tradition would in the end triumph over the modernists. 
A central point I made in that was that Francis and his hirelings were not concerned about the large numbers of young Catholics that attend traditional parishes, though they were mystified by it. Rather, they were concerned with the demand for the traditional Roman rite, the demand for it, and how the demand far exceeded the ability to meet it by the dedicated groups like the SSPX, the FSSP, and others. That's what's concerned them, so they had to act. When I see Archbishop Roche th say things like, the traditional, ref the liturgical reform is irreversible, the only thing I can think is that they are scared. Scared that the laity have rejected their embracing of the world and its values and are seeking out Catholicism again in worship and in teaching. Otherwise, he wouldn't say things like this. He goes on and does what Francis always does. He attempts to reduce tradition to ideology. Quote, he began his lecture by telling the staff and students that he spoke not only as prefect of the Vatican congregation, but also from 46 years' experience as a priest, 20 as a bishop, 10 as a diocesan bishop, almost 10 as secretary of the congregation, and as a Catholic who straddled the pre- and post-Vatican II eras. He called on them to be true men and women of the church and who sentir cum ecclesia, think with the church, and not to be waylaid by ecclesiastical ideologies or by your own preferences or novel ideas or a desire to mold the church in your image, but by what the church is calling you to be today, her missionaries in a new age with a clear task in hand. Wow. His emphasis on the need for prepared and balanced people who think with the church reflected the concerns of many bishops, that not infrequently today new priests lack preparation and balance in liturgical matters or succumb to ecclesiastical ideologies, or simply go their own way in terms of their vision of the church and liturgical practice. Such concerns were also part of the background that gave rise to Pope Francis's July 16th decree, Traditionis Custodis, celebrating, restricting celebration of the pre-Vatican to Tridentine Latin Mass. End quote. You know, I'm going to shock you with this. I agree with him, to the point that I sought out the one now-deceased priest who the traditional theologians, who do not share his set of conscious position, agree that his take on the new Mass and its history was the most accurate, the late Father Anthony Chicada. I am not a set of a contest, but I do think his work on that subject is nothing short of brilliant. He wrote a book on the subject called The Work of Human Hands. <laughs> that title ruffled a lot of feathers, because it's a critique and of the history and development of the new Mass. But he has a series of short talks on that book if you don't want to read a like 900-page book. I recommend you find his YouTube channel, which is still around, though he has himself gone to our Lord, and watch his series of short videos on the development of the Novus Ordo. It's eye-opening. Again, the, his work there has been critiqued by theologians, and they say his work on the New Mass is nothing short of brilliant. <laughs> anyway... If you want to follow what, Arch, what Archbishop Roche says, I recommend you do that. They're on, they're on YouTube. I'll try to have a link in the show notes today at returntotradition.org so you can easily find it. But do so because, after all, Archbishop Roche wants people to know the history of the liturgical reform. And who am I to disagree with an archbishop of his stature? But, of course, if the traditional liturgy and the traditional faith are an ideology, then ideologies are divisive, right? And that's what Francis says. And Archbishop Roche pushes the Vatican II value of unity over everything else. Quote, he reminded them that Pope Francis, in his address to participants at the 68th Italian National Liturgical Week in August 2017, recalled that St. Paul VI told cardinals in a consistory one year before his death, the time has now come to definitively leave aside divisive elements, which are equally pernicious in both senses, and to apply fully, in accordance with the correct criteria that inspired it, the reform approved by us in the application of the wishes of the Council. Pope Francis then added, 
there's still work to be done in this direction, in particular by rediscovering the reasons for the decisions taken with regard to liturgical reform, by overcoming unfounded and superficial readings, a partial reception, and practices that disfigure it. End quote. Unity and obedience are the biggest values in the new church. Not obedience to the truth, not obedience to the deposit of the faith, but obedience to the changing whims of modernist popes. And Archbishop Roche perfectly expressed it here. Which brings me back to that image from St. Peter's Square that I started this with. It's a really apt metaphor for the state of the church. In the aftermath of 2020, mass attendance has plummeted across the Western world, a consequence of bishops telling the laity that going to mass wasn't as important as following the decrees of Caesar. The result is a church that is emptying itself, an apostasy of sorts, where the laity were frightened away from mass by Caesar and his hirelings, who have found themselves with positions of authority within the church, who have left the church an increasingly desolate place, caused not by the events of the past couple of years, but in reality caused by the dethroning of Christ the King many decades ago and replacing him with a false idol of conciliarism and being open to the values and so-called wisdom of the world. And we know what our Lord does to idols. It's only a matter of time until his church is cleansed in much the same manner that he cleansed the temple of old. What comes to mind are the words of Pope Pius XII before he ascended to the papacy. He commented on Sister Lucia in the Fatima message, and given that the Fatima anniversary was only last week, it's rather timely. Then Cardinal Pacelli, Eugenio Pacelli, the future of Pius XII, had this to say about the Fatima message. I suspect that he knew the third secret because of what he says here. Quote, I am concerned about the confidences of the Virgin to the little Lucia of Fatima. The persistence of the good lady in face of the danger that threatens the church is a divine warning against the self-destruction that the modification of the faith, liturgy, theology, and soul of the church would represent. I hear all around me innovators who wish to dismantle the sacred chapel, destroy the universal flame of the church, reject her ornaments, and make her feel remorse for his, her historical past. End quote. Boy, does that sum up the last few decades of life in the church. And shortly after his death, those events would come to pass, and the exodus from the parishes began, as did the exodus from vocations as well. We've been in a vocations crisis in the church for nearly 50 years, to the point that it has become normal for parishes to not have enough clergy to go around. Louis Varecchio points out that most get his quote and its implications wrong, and that we should understand what Picelli said here in reference to what it would represent if the church were to do this. Remember, the church cannot do such things. And remember, those who knowingly hold to a formally defined heresy have removed themselves from the church. A formal heretic is not a Catholic, strictly speaking. To knowingly accept a heresy and to hold to it as the truth is to be a formal heretic. This is just canon law stuff at this point. Formal heretics are not in the church. Full stop. The modernists instituted their Novus Ordo at the council, and many were suspected heretics. Again, you can go look this up. Many of them were being watched by the Holy Office. But they have formal positions within the institutions of the church, and as such, what they've done these past decades has manifested itself as the works of the church in the eyes of those who simply don't know what is and is not the church. And now they appear to be afraid, for the next generation of Catholics are seeking out the traditional faith. How that will play out is anyone's guess, but the third secret looms over everything and especially our Lord's words to Sister Lucia, about what would happen if the popes persisted and how they would have a similar fate as the King of France did. It, that looms large over everything as well. I'll leave you with this thought. Deacon Nick Donnelly shared this quote from the Fourth Council of Constantinople, and it bears thinking about in our time. Quote, If we wish to proceed without offense along the true and royal road of divine justice, we must keep the declarations and teachings of the Holy Fathers 
as if they were so many lamps which are always alight, and illuminating our steps which are directed towards God. Therefore we declare that we are preserving and maintaining the canons which have been entrusted to the Holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church by the Holy and Renowned Apostles, by the universal as well as local councils of Orthodox bishops, and even by any inspired father or teacher of the Church. End quote. That is where your obedience is due, to the deposit of the faith, not changeable by mere men who should be loyal servants of Christ the King, but instead serve their own theology, their own ideology, that is attempted to recraft the Catholic Church into the image and likeness of the world. That is our duty, yours and mine, and I hope you'll stand rigid for the faith, regardless of what some flabbergasted prelate has to say on the matter. I mean, after all, they're clearly scared by the demand and attendance of the traditional Mass, and it's much lower average age than at the Novus Ordo and the size of the families of the attendees of those Masses. Anyone can do that math. They know that if they don't do something drastic, then the time will run out on them, and tradition in some form will be restored to the Church. Again, what that looks like is anyone's guess. I'm not a prophet. So stand rigid and wait them out. I intend to. Let me know what your thoughts are on this in the comments, please. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.